Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Text in challenging our ideas here on the JFK assassination. Uh, we'll get into that at some but point. That's why there are theories. I mean, there are a lot of different things to kick around here. That's why we have a well three hour show. Today. Yeah, we'll get into all of them. We can all agree that I mean it wasn't a, it wasn't just Lee Harvey. Oh, it's a little bit a little narrow view there. Yeah, magic magic bullet theory. Look at him go. My what ass. is this? The Matrix? Yeah, come on. Nice try, Neo. Not up in here. It's basically uh, physics. Yeah. By okay. the way, Anthony, we did get a text a second ago. That said, that is the best take Anthony's ever had on this show. That's I'll a crap sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it, but that's a crap sandwich. Let's head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Chris Kerber, the voice of the blues, uh, joining us right now. What's up, Kerbs? Anthony, how are you guys? Doing great. How was the DP57 uh, return night? Did you enjoy it? I did. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I talked to David this morning actually a bit about it, and uh, it, it even took him back. He said one of the things that uh, really surprised him more than he thought it would, like just the number of people that had signs at that game prior to the game was something that, that, that grabbed him a little bit. So I think there's a tremendous amount of an appreciation, love, and respect between not just David and the fans, but right back from the fans to David. Curbs, I know that we've kicked this around plenty, and uh, a lot of things have gone wrong for the Blues this year. It's a rebuild, retool, re-whatever you wanted to, to do. Uh, but have you been able to encapsulate or at least have an idea of how much different you think this would have gone if, in fact, Perron were here? Or was it going to be the same thing with just Perron around? There's no way to really know this. For sure. Uh, I, I actually... My belief is just based on chemistry, cap, character. Uh, I think there's a chance that the Blues found themselves in a playoff spot this year had you moved Vladimir Tarasenko a year earlier and found a way to keep David, keep David Perron and then maybe fill that hole with what cap space you had left. That, that, that's what I believe there. I, I believe the loss of David Perron really impacted Ryan O'Reilly's play. I frankly think that even you know D- David Perron – playing here in Detroit without Ryan O'Reilly. Those two had some great chemistry at their age and where they were at. But, you know, I, I, I think David, you know, is better with Ryan than he's been with, with guys here in Detroit. You know, and, and having said that, he still put up, you know, a 43-point season. But, um, yeah, I, I think that that was part of uh, – and then just – I think he combined a lot of Sunquist, Perron, and others, just some character guys over the last year made, made a big difference. But, yeah, if there's one thing I think I would have liked to have seen – happen is uh if, if you know is if you had made that move and been able to keep them see if it made a difference and you know and in the end my gut says it would have but you know that's something we'll never know, really know i guess curves how ultimately do you feel that david perron will be remembered here well i i mean i i think much like just about every one of the players that was part of that championship team they're going to be revered uh, especially with it being the first championship team so you know, whether it be when Robert Bortuzzo hangs them up or Braden Shen or, 
any of those. Uh, you'll, you'll see a spectacular uh, ovation coming up here in a couple weeks when the Rangers come to town with Vladimir Tarasenko, and, and deservedly so. You know, you, you put 10 years with a franchise. You you gave him everything you got. You showed your love for the city and the city and, and, and the effort you gave. I think it was all, all fantastic. So, you know, I, I think probably down the road, you're talking about David Perron being in the Blues Hall of Fame, uh, you know, that they started obviously last or this past season. And we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how that all plays out. But it's, it, it, it's a cool chapter in St. Louis Blues history to have lived through with these guys uh, because just how much fun they had and how good they were. Curbs, I wrote down your uh, three C's, and I think that's something I'm going to use going forward. Chemistry, cap, and character. I like those three things uh, that you threw out there. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, Joel Hofer. He's making his fourth start in a row. He's been solid as can be. What, what do you make of the run that he's on and the way that the Blues are using him? Well, I mean, look, this goes you know, with the, hey, let's see what some of the young guys can do, and there's an opportunity for him to step in and, and get that role. He, he's played really, really well, you know, for in the, th- in the three games that he has played. Now, I, I think it's one of those opportunities. Get him on a run. Give him a taste of what the National Hockey League is. Uh, give him, it, it really sets him up for the summer. You know, okay, this is, this is what you're getting into next year when you're a full-time NHLer. And, uh, and it's also, you know, giving him some chemistry and get to know his teammates a little bit. David Perron, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Jordan Bennington went on the ice, got some extra work today. And then with the return of Thomas Grice coming back to Detroit, they decided to put Thomas Grice on the bench to back up Hofer tonight uh, in, instead of Bennington. But I think it's just a chance for him to really get to know the routine as teammates travel a little bit. You know, having, having said that, you know, the three games that, that he's played, you've got the Capitals, you've got the Jets, and you've got the Red Wings. Two of the three teams are outside of the playoffs struggling a little bit. You know, good, solid Winnipeg Jets team, but the Jets had been really battling their team game as well. So I don't read, to be honest with you, too much into the success of him right now because the Blues are a team that can play more loosely because they know they're out of it, that kind of thing. But I love the experience that he's getting and, and what it's going to mean to set him up for the offseason and into next year. Curbs, what are some things as we start to wind down now the regular season that that you would love to see or that you feel like Craig Berube or Doug Armstrong want to see out of this team? Well, we're gonna we're gonna see Jake Neighbors on the top line with Robert Thomas tonight, uh, and so you know, continued just progress for these guys and the experience to get is going to be invaluable to a turnaround and, and a quick one at that if you're able to do it. So I think that, that that's that's what I'm kind of looking for is how some of these young guys and the new guys continue to play. And you hope that guys like Baran and Kapanen continue to play as well as they have and carry that in, into their offseason. Uh, and I'm also looking, if you look at the last few games, I, I just think the defensive structure and commitment to defense in the, in the defensive zone has been better as a unit of five. And so that setting the temperature for that um, play – for the rest of this season, I think is another thing that sets you up. So everything that's going on in my mind 
is how are you setting yourself up for next year? And those are two factors for me. All right. So uh, along those line uh, lines, curbs of setting yourself up for next year, from a fan standpoint, how should how should we be looking at this when it comes to wins and losses for the Blues? The Blues are out of it. So the the more you win, it's it's nice, and you're building chemistry, and guys are starting to uh, take those steps forward. But you're also just getting further down there when it comes to the draft. How big of a deal do you think that part of it is? Like how how highly stacked or top heavy is the talent maybe in this year's draft? I'm told it's a deep draft. I'm told it's a good draft. There's different players that can be effective for you in this draft. That's that seems to be a consensus across the board. But in, in my opinion, look, you, you enjoy the fact that the team's got 12 games to go. Uh, you go and you watch them and you watch the guys play. And if they lose, just don't get too worked up because it means you get a better draft slot. You know, look, I don't think it benefits this team necessarily to go on a bender and all of a sudden find seven or eight wins in their last 12 games. While it feels good, great. But, yeah, I, I think if you're the St. Louis Blues, you know, if I'm being honest with you, I want to see you stay inside that top 10 range with a top 10 pick. And maybe you know get get lucky to win the draft lottery, and, and and maybe you move to the first overall pick. I know the chances are slim, but there is a chance. We have seen some teams move up in that draft lottery. Maybe you get the second overall pick. So, uh, you know, when, when the Dallas Stars missed the playoffs after the Blues beat them in the 2016 playoffs, they missed in 17. They won the draft lottery and ended up with a third overall pick, and in doing so, picked Miro Haskinen, who's their number one defenseman right now. So. If you're going through the pain, let's let's rip the band-aid straight off, go through the pain and uh, for the final 12 games and and really get as high a draft pick as we can, which I know it's counterintuitive for the competitive side of you, but I just there's a chance here. Now having said all that, Brad, I talked to Helmut Kennis in a great comment. He goes he said, "You know, yep, you're right. The, the, the higher the draft pick, the better." You want as high draft pick as you can get. He goes, "But sometimes you end up picking a better player at 9 than you would have picked up at 4th." I'm like okay, that's another philosophy to go with. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is true though. I mean, you think you think about yeah. how the the draft is not an exact science, and sometimes you do just benefit from sitting and saying, "Okay, I'm going to take the the best player on our board and let everybody else make the mistakes in front of us." Well, no, that's right, and you know, so sometimes you think, "Well, this is a sh-. well, okay, let's let's look at when, when the Blues had the first overall pick in 2006." Pretty much, except for two or three teams, Eric Johnson was the consensus number one overall pick. Well, the number two pick wound up being Jordan Stahl, and then the Blackhawks at three took Jonathan Taves. Yeah. In hindsight, do you take Taves first? Do you take Stahl first? Both of them won Stanley Cups as well. You know, so it, it, it is one of those kind of things where, but I still think you just want to give yourself the best all-around chance in that. And look, I'll go back to that Dallas Stars draft where I mentioned Haskinen. They missed the playoffs in six, or they made the playoffs in 16. The Blues beat them uh, in the second round. In 17, they missed the playoffs. And they ended up with two first round picks. They win the draft lottery. They take Haskinen. They had made a trade to get a late first round pick. And with the 26th overall pick, they took Jake Ottinger. He's now their number one starting goaltender. And then a little later in the draft, they, they kind of hit that gold mine by taking Robertson outside of the first round. That's the kind of draft that if the Blues are able to have, this turnaround can be real quick on the ice. Curbs, you uh, you go out anywhere last night in the beautiful city of Detroit? Yeah, we found a uh, we found a good Italian restaurant. Found this uh, found this area called Corktown that had some good classic old bars. And this one bar we found ourselves in was apparently uh, 
apparently opened up in 1913. So good old uh, good old character place. There you go. Anthony, did you grow up near that place? Uh, well, I, didn't, I didn't grow up there, Brad, but I did live there for, for quite a while. So make your way over to Greektown if you can, Curbs. Okay, and you know what? We used to stay at the Athenium Hotel or Athenium, however you pronounce it. Yeah. And uh, so I used to go to into Greektown there. We were up here for Thanksgiving one time. I joined. I went into a poker tournament. Ended up winning the poker tournament at the Greektown, nice. uh, Greektown Casino. There you go. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I claim the win because we got down to three people and everybody decided to chop. But I think if you get to that point, you're chopping. You got to claim you won it, right? Oh, well, you yeah, won that. Yeah, thing, absolutely. Hands yeah, down. Okay. Exactly. 100%. You, gave, you did them a favor, is what you did. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Curbs have a great call tonight. We'll be listening. All right, you guys. Have an awesome day. Good luck. Thanks. Thanks.